You're listening to the Legend Vest Podcast for Entrepreneurs. Whether you're just getting started or been in business for many years, we take a deep dive into what it takes to truly become successful. It's time to level up your business and your personal life. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jameson and Courtney Gavin. What's up, legends? All right, today has another phenomenal episode coming right at you. So check this one out. As customers, women are involved in 80% of consumer good purchases. Yet on the executive level, women only make up around 16%. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jameson Gavin, and this is the Legend Vest Podcast. This is where we teach you how to become a legend and how to invest in yourself. So today's episode is going to be about diversity and inclusion. When it comes down to it, you have to become more diverse in your organization and in your business, as well as in the job that you have. So when we look at the data, I'm actually going to run some data from the Kingsland. I believe it is the, yes, the McKinsey data. And they actually did a report on this about diversity and inclusion from this past year. One of the things that I think are just so, so cool about this report is it really allows individuals like myself to just pull the data from a very detailed report that was done Uh, internationally, not just for the United States, but also for the UK, and to see kind of how diversity and inclusion has uh, has changed, how it is in, um, you know, in our country, and some of the things that you may really not know. So an analysis of the data from the group of 366 companies revealed a statistically significant connection between diversity and financial performance. The companies in the top quartile for gender diversity were 15% more likely to have financial returns that were above their national industry median. The companies in the top quartile for racial and ethnic diversity were 30% more likely to have financial returns above their national industry median. And that is actually from that report of the McKinsey Report for Diversity and Inclusion. You know, what's so crazy is the opposite is actually true. So companies in the fourth in the fourth quarter for gender and racial ethnic diversity are more likely to fall below the performance of the top companies. Companies in the bottom quarter and of both gender and ethnicity underperformed the others that were that actually had diversity. So when we're looking at all of this, right, of what I just said. If you are a high-performing company, you're 15% more likely to have diversity in your business. So when we look at diversity and inclusion, because people are going to ask, why why does my company need to be diverse? Why can't everyone just look the same? Why can't they all be the same? And when we look at just that data alone, companies in the top were diverse, and they have 15% more of a chance to actually have better financial returns versus every other company that is in their same space or in their same uh, in their same field. So a closer inspection of the analysis reveals many interesting things and some non-really intuitive findings. In the United States, for example, 
companies have made effort in recent years to increase the number of women on executive teams and boards. Although representation is still limited, there has been measurable progress. At the same time, though, the data appears to show that less attention has been given to the attainment of racial and ethnic diversity. So what does that say? What we're seeing is that more people, more businesses are becoming more um, gender you know, I say gender focus. So where they're where we're focused on equal pay, we're focused on, you know, we talk about the World Cup and the women's team, you know, making the same amount of money. You know, we're, we, we see that, yes, the gender equality is beginning to to rise and we're seeing more women who are involved into things and becoming placed onto more executive teams. However, what we're not seeing just yet is racial and ethnic diversity. By this measure, it becomes apparent that the U.S. companies in the United States, we need to make a dedicated effort to achieve diversity and leadership that reflects the demographic composition of the country's labor force and population. You see, for every 10% elevation in ethnic diversity in the ex on the executive leadership side of everything, okay, so U.S. companies, we're going to see about a 1% improvement of the performance, financial performance of that company. More racially diverse companies have better financial performances. Companies in the top percent for ethnic diversity and leadership roles have a higher profitability and above average performance than those who do not. So when like at the beginning of this episode, I said women are involved in 80% of consumer good purchases. However, I hope you remember what I said. However, only 16% of women are on the executive board. So women have 80% power, right? So I know in, in my household, right? Courtney says she wants to buy something. Courtney, you go ahead and buy it. I, I, I never, I never, I don't ask, why do you need that? Why, why does, why does Andrew, like, why does he need that? You need to buy it? Go buy it. It's not a big deal, right? 80% of the household things that are bought in my house are actually my wife decides that, that the family needs these things. So why do I need to be on the board for these family for these family things? You should you should have women on these boards to dictate what is needed because they're they're they have eighty percent of the buy. I mean they're making the decisions for most homes. So why are they not on the boards? You got men on the board and we're not even making those financial buying decisions. You know we can have a lot better products. There, there may actually be better Q&A done, a lot, uh, you know, products that aren't just sitting on shelves and things like that. If you actually allow the person whom is buying the, pr the products, allow that type of person to actually be a leader and tell you what are the products that actually we need to sell in this organization. You know, that might help just, just a tad. So, you know, diversity has a positive impact on many key aspects of organizational performance. And some of those things are going to be just these right here. So number one, you know, it's going to enhance your company's image. When we're looking at especially Fortune 500 companies, companies that are on the New York Stock Exchange or that are just traded and publicly traded, it is very important to show that your company is diverse. One of those main reasons is you have a social responsibility. You have a responsibility to uh, to your customers, to to yourself, to your organization, 
to have a diverse community. You know, many countries actually have legal requirements for diversity. And there, there's a in the UK, they have the UK Equality Act, which was passed in 2010, which is very, very important for you to follow. And you have to follow those legal requirements. When we look at enhancing the company's image as well, you see, when you're involved in an organization, you want to see people like you who are at higher levels because what happens is it encourages that individual to say you know what that there is a path for me to go down and or to it to go up and increase my career onto this path so i want to stay on board here because i know that this company is not just focused on promoting the white male they are focused on promoting you know the muslim female they are focused on promoting the Asian female, you know, into uh, executive leadership position. It's very important that you not only do this for your customers, but more for whom you actually employ. You see, the culture inside of your organization is extremely important for the well-being of that organization. Diversity fosters innovation and creativity through a greater variety of problem-solving approaches, perspectives, ideas, and creation. Academic research shows that diverse groups often outperform other experts. You see, having different cultural backgrounds, having different views, different different perspectives allows the product to not just be made in one light from one vision, but allows now that same product to cover multiple different facets. And now when that product or service can cover those multiple different facets, it can be applied into the consumer or to the consumer to actually what? Make more profits. Because now other people are going to have multiple other needs. They're going to see it in multiple different ways because it was built by a diverse team. It's so important. It increases employee satisfaction. Diversity increases employee satisfaction and reduces conflicts between groups, improving collaboration as well as loyalty. It strengthens customer orientation. Women and minority groups are key consumer decision makers. Like I said, 80% of consumer purchases are actually made by women. And another thing that people aren't focused on, they just they just like they just exile, which doesn't make any sense. Gay men and women have an average household income that is almost 80% higher than average. Yet, when we look at marketing, when we look at at organizational structures, when we look at leadership of big companies, people are scared to include diverse people they're scared to include other religions. They're scared to include gay gay men and women. They're scared to include people who don't look like them. Yet, when you look at the data, who's buying the products? So if you focus on actually changing your leadership structure to include people whom your products are actually being purchased from, you will probably increase your revenue. And not probably. At the beginning of this, I talked about 15% more likely to have financial returns when you include the diversity, diversity and inclusion. 15%. So right now, your organization, this is what I want you to do. That's what I want you to do. Okay. Whatever company you work for, okay. I'm I'm pulling up a company right now. Let me let me let me type in. Let me put this in. Don't count, don't count the uh the keys that I'm typing here. I'm typing with one hand. I don't type that slow normally. Um I'm gonna pull up a a, a company here. Let me see executive team. I'm just going to pull up a company. This is what I want you to do. I want you to go right now 
pull up the company you work for, okay? Everybody has an executive team, especially if you work for like a Fortune 500 or a Fortune 100, whatever company. Pull up your executive team. I want you to pull it up, and they, they're going to have a photo. Google got everything, okay? They're going to have photos of the team, and I want you to look and tell me this, okay? Number one, this is number one. Are there any women on the team? I just pulled up a company. I'm not going to tell you who it is. People who know me probably know who I pulled up. I'm pulling up a company. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people on the team. Number one, I want you to ask yourself this. Are there any women on, on, on that squad? Okay, let me see. Guy, 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 guy. Nope. No women here. Okay. Uh, are there any, uh, let's, let's talk about diversity. I'm not talking about, Hey, he grew up in California. This guy grew up in Atlanta. I'm talking about, um, skin color. Okay. Let, let, let's, or, you know, let, let's talk about that. Okay. Nope. Same, 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 same. Okay. Let's move on. Okay. Uh, just looking at them, right. Do they look like male, pale and stale? That's what we're going with here. Cause that's Courtney's phrase. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So the thing is here, ladies and gentlemen, you want to probably work for someone who is diverse. You probably want to work for someone who's diverse. Why? Because that means that they are looking at the future. They're not in the past. They're looking at actually including individuals who make up their consumer base. You see, in this organization that I just pulled up, their consumer base is everybody. Everybody actually has to do this particular thing. Or, and I can't get more specific than that because I would be giving it away. However, when I look at the team, and I'm not saying that they didn't interview other people who weren't, you know, this person wasn't the better person or whatever. I'm not, I'm not saying that. If that's how it boils down to it, that's how it boils down to it. You hire the best person for your team. However, when I look at organizations like this, immediately what I say is this is this there's there's some problems going on here. There are some things that they don't see as a problem, that is a problem. And one of those things they don't see as a problem is diversity. Not having a single woman on this team, on this executive team, and all these people on this team, I, I, the, the stuff is public. I can see how much money they're making. They're making a heck of a lot of money. And I should have used another word there. They're making a heck of a lot of money. And the fact that they don't have a single woman up here is just, it's, it's astonishing. When I look at women in management occupations, and you think about where do women typically work in, like what type of management, you know, jobs do they have? 74% is in HR. 74%. Okay. I'm going to flip. I'm going to go all the way around. Okay. Social and community service is 71%. Education is your teachers, right? 65%. Food and service drops to 46 big drop. That's the next level. You go from 65 to 46 and then it continues to drop heavily. 45% is marketing and sales. Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, I think women are better marketers than men. I really do. I think men are very direct, but I think in a lot of different markets when it comes to products, I think it's actually better sold by a woman. Even with with sales, I've seen I've seen the best of the best in the man and the woman, and I can almost ninety nine point nine percent tell you, the woman usually delivers the sales pitch beautifully. A man typically is just focused on let me just get in, let me get in. He he wants it, or he want it, he doesn't want it. No, he doesn't want. It. Okay, then I'm done. Right. The next level I want to go to. This is this is this is not a good thing. Twenty seven percent 
women and executives, okay? Chief executives, so CEOs. Computer and information, 26%. And then construction drops way down to 7%. So, you know, it's very unfor unfortunate. Um, but here's another one I want to give you. Working moms, right? 70% of mothers with children under 18 participate in the labor force, with over 75% employed full-time. Mothers are the primary or sole earners for 40% of households with children under 18 today, compared with 11% in 1960. So that is actually a good thing because we have more women who are now back into the workforce, who are working, who are providing for themselves and their family, believe in themselves that they are able to make that, that income in organizations that are supporting them to do this. On the flip side, I, this is this is my podcast, so I get to talk about it, and it's gonna butt hurt some people. But on the flip side, when it comes down to, um, you know, on on leave and and maternity leave, there's so many organizations who are stuck in the old way of, you know what, you know, you have a baby, you need to come back to work in two weeks, you need to come back to work in three weeks, you need to come back to work in four weeks. When we look at the majority of massive companies who are scaling significantly, they allow their, um, their I, I don't know what you call it, the after you have a child, whatever that benefit is, there's a, there's a word for it, but whatever that benefit is, there's a lot of people or a lot of companies who allow these women to take significant time off. It's and they, like FMLA, right? However, here's the problem with this. These rules are being made by men. And I hate that. I hate it 100%. The rules should be made by a woman because so many times women are having children by Fortune 100 companies, companies who are making massive amount of profits and money. So they can't say, oh, there's not enough money to go around. Oh, man, we can't do it. No, that's not the reason. And what's happening is they're having to take off their own vacation, right, for having a child, for bringing a, a beautiful person into this planet who's going to take care of us, right, in our future, okay? And then they have to take their own vacation, their own sick days, things like that. And then they will get paid maybe for like half of the dollars, which is just insane. If you told a guy that if you have if you're if you have a child or anything, you're only gonna get paid fifty percent, they would we would change the rule immediately. FMLA needs to be changed, okay? And when you have when a woman has a child, we need to support that woman and help her to come back into the workforce. We need to support the change of that life there's a new life that is being birthed and there are two lives that are changing forever right the 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 father and the mother we need to support that to get them back into the the workforce if they so choose to and not penalize them for wanting to have a child i mean it's just absolutely ridiculous and then on the flip side of all of that then the woman comes back into the work the workforce okay right after they have their child they feel stressed because their body's changing, and now they have another stress of actually coming back into the workforce because they need to get, we need you to come back. We need your all-star performance. We need you to come back with a bang. Well, what, you think they're going to come back with a bang after being off for, you know, for, for, for eight weeks? And they're going to come back the first week and just right and cold like, like nothing happened? There's things that change. They're still breastfeeding. They're still taking care of. They're still nurturing. You know, we need to understand 
that we have to be better employers for our employees. And if you listen to this episode, you are a CEO, you are an executive, you are on a board. I need you to focus on making a commitment to understand that diversity, that inclusion is so important. And without you, without me, making a stand, making a change, it will not change unless the the federal government forces it to change. And unfortunately, for things like this, they typically don't do that. And if they do, it takes so much backing that it just almost never happens. And it'll take like 10 or 15 years to actually come through. But I need you to focus on that. If you're listening to this episode, if you are a multimillionaire, you are on a board, you have influence, you are just a guy that just wants to believe or a girl who wants to believe in something like this, I need you to focus on making a change. It is up to us to be the change that we want to see. Someone very, very wise once said that, way wiser than myself. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I can continue and continue to go on and on about this. But, um, you know, I want you to to just make sure that you subscribe, that you, uh, you share the episode that you like. And please let me know if you have any questions. Thanks again for listening.